Welcome to Haunting History, the podcast that reaches back into the past to the events that shocked everyone. Tales of true crime, mystery, and the macabre. And when we're lucky, the stories were history and the people who lived it and the paranormal meet. Now who doesn't love a good ghost story, right? Welcome back to Haunting History Podcast. I'm Kat, and today is episode 10. Right, Haley? Yes. 10. Um, joining me again is Haley. Say hi, Haley. Hi. Tress will be joining us hopefully next week or the week after that. I'm hoping next week. So she will be back. This week, Haley and I are a little bit under the weather. So if our editing is a little choppy, it's because we both decided at the same time to get this upper respiratory thing and a horrible cough. So if we start hacking up along, we'll have to edit that out. So please be patient with our editing this week. I, what I wanted to talk about this week was something called, I don't, it happened in 1942. It's not paranormal, but it is supernatural. It is not true crime, but it is history. And that's kind of always my favorite stories. And I really wanted Haley to do this with me and she'll learn why. I don't think you even know yet. Do you? I don't know because I don't know what special information you're going to tell me. But you don't know why I wanted you to do this with me. What is your special interest? What do you have a fascination with that's supernatural? UFOs and aliens. Yes. Very much so. Haley is, she will read books on it. Like if we are in a bookstore, that's the first place she gravitates to. She watches, do you watch ancient aliens though? Or you just watch anything on aliens? Anything on aliens. Do you know what the Battle of Los Angeles is? Yeah, but as interested as I am in aliens and UFOs and whatever, I don't necessarily know that about Los Angeles. Has to do with that. Yes. Do you believe in UFOs? I mean, I know you're fascinated by the whole thought of it, but do you believe that there's life out there? It's hard for me to believe that there isn't because how could there not? We don't know everything that's out there. Not everything has been discovered and figured out. So it's hard to believe that there isn't something out there, but I don't necessarily know that I believe that we've had contact with aliens, that UFOs have ever visited. Or built pyramids. Right. I'm interested in all of the history and all the scientists that talk about how that's the only way it's possible and blah, blah, blah. But I can't say I 100% believe that aliens are out there. My theory is that I think you have to be kind of ignorant to think that there is not further life form. I mean, we're here. Why can't there be anything else anywhere else? Yeah, I don't know where I stand. I just know that I'm fascinated by the possibility. Okay, well, maybe you'll love the story. Yeah. It all began in the early morning hours of February 25th, 1942. Air raid sirens sounded throughout Los Angeles. A blackout had been ordered, and air raid wardens were summoned to their positions. Do you know what? Do you even know at your age what a blackout was? I mean, you had to learn it in school just like I did. I mean, I didn't live through it either, but... No, but I mean, I assume it's... Everything goes dark. Oh, yeah, you have to pull your curtains, turn off all your lights. Mm-hmm. This was just mere months after the Japanese attack at Pearl Harbor, and Americans were on edge, particularly those in coastal cities, as you can probably imagine. Right. A unsubstantiated report of approaching aircraft in New York City had already caused panic and a stock market plunge. On the West Coast, inexperienced pilots and radar men had mistaken fishing boats, logs, and even whales for Japanese warships and submarines. 
Tensions were high to say the least, and they only grew after U.S. Secretary of War Henry Stimson warned American cities that they should be prepared to accept, and this is in quotes, occasional blows from enemy forces. Just days before, on February 23rd, a Japanese submarine surfaced off the coast of Santa Barbara and had sent a dozen artillery shells at an oil field and refinery. It only caused minor damage, but it was the first attack on mainland U.S. soil. At 3.16 a.m., the 37th Coast Artillery Brigade began firing machine guns and anti-aircraft shells into the air. Californians really believed that they were under attack. The brigade was targeting a reported aircraft, and by first light, over 1,400 shells would be fired. And then silence. It began the evening before on February 24th, when naval intelligence instructed units on the California coast to steal themselves for a potential Japanese attack. They were convinced that some new and grander attack must be imminent after the Japanese sub had fired at the oil field. To say that nerves were frayed would be an understatement. Newspapers were warning Americans to be on a strict state of readiness, and everyone was on high alert. Rumors abounded in the Japanese-American communities of coming attacks, and from those rumors came tips to the War Department, which in turn resulted in orders for a series of high alerts in coastal defenses from Seattle to San Diego. All remained calm for the next few hours of the evening and the night, but then shortly after 2 a.m. on February 25th, military radar picked up what appeared to be an enemy contact some 120 miles west of Los Angeles. Now, when I say 120 miles west of Los Angeles, they specify later on above the ocean. It wasn't above land at first. The air raid sirens were ordered and the wardens were summoned. Within minutes, troops had manned anti-aircraft guns and began sweeping the skies with searchlights. So military radar saw what seemed to be some kind of military contact, something flying in the sky. And but why do they do that military? Can it have just been a commercial plane? Well, I think they just... Well, no, they would know all the commercial planes that were going in and out of LA. That was their job to know what okay. was in the sky. So something not commercial. Something not they weren't expecting. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Something they weren't expecting they spotted in the sky. Over water. Over the water. Initially. Initially over the water. That's okay. correct. That's when they sounded the alarms, the air raids. And that's when they ordered the blackout. And that's when air raid wardens were all summoned to all their posts their positions. They began, all the posts began searching the skies with spotlights. Then, just after 3 a.m., shooting started. Troops in Santa Monica unleashed a barrage of anti-aircraft and 50 caliber machine gun fire. Before long, many of the city's other coastal defense weapons joined in. The, uh, the Los Angeles Times wrote, powerful searchlights from countless stations stabbed the sky with brilliant probing fingers, while anti-aircraft batteries dotted the heavens with beautiful, if sinister, Orange burst of shrapnel. Chaos reigned over the next several minutes. It appeared that Los Angeles was under attack. Yet many of those who looked skyward saw nothing but smoke glare of gun fire. Imagination could easily have disclosed many shapes in the sky in the midst of such a weird symphony of noise and color. Coastal Artillery Corps Colonel John G. Murphy later wrote, But cold detachment disclosed that no planes of any type were in the sky, friendly or enemy. For others, however, the threat appeared to be very real. Reports poured in from across the city describing Japanese aircraft flying in formation, bombs falling, and enemy paratroopers. There is even a claim that a Japanese plane crash-landed in the streets of Hollywood. Reports of how long the gunfire lasted range from a few minutes to almost an hour. Most say it was about 20 minutes. At 7.20 a.m., the searchlights went out and the all-clear was sounded. The blackout order was lifted. So the whole thing is confusing for everyone involved from the beginning right 
It leaves a lot of room for controversy. It does. Except for the first sighting. They saw something. You, you look like you were going to say something. I was, but it, it escaped me. <laughs> <laughs> it was only in the light of day that American military units made a puzzling discovery. There appeared to have been no enemy attack. Although reports were conflicting, every effort was being made to ascertain the facts. It is clear that no bombs were dropped and no planes were shot down. Now, remember that. No planes were shot down. What did I say? What do you mean? They were, uh, they were shooting at it. Artillery and 50 caliber guns were shooting at something in the sky, all pointing in the same direction, all having no effect. Yeah, it's not likely that everything would have missed. They would have gotten away without anything. And what would they... What were they all shooting at in the same place? And the reason I'm saying in the same place is because the LA Times posted, published a picture of all the searchlights in a crossbeam. They were all pointed in the same direction. All the searchlights pointed in a crossbeam. In the middle of the crossbeam is something, but no one knows what it is. Because you can't actually see it, right? Well, and, and now there's, con- now there's controversy. Like they've tried to pull the file. The Los Angeles Times archives has the negatives on every photo that's ever been published in the paper. I mean, you kind of have to. The problem with that picture is that the negative has been messed with. It's not the original. Of course. So no one knows what they did to doctor that photo. The original photo is lost to time. No one knows where it is. Some claim that they have the original photo and they posted the original photo if that's the original photo, there's something in the middle of those crossbeams. By something, you're assuming it's something because they're all pointing in the same direction or because you can actually see something. You can see something. Pull it up right now and take a look while I finish. Ironically, the only damage during this quote-unquote battle had come from friendly fire. Anti-aircraft shrapnel rained down across the city, shattering windows and ripping through buildings. One dead creamed into a Long Beach golf course, and several residents had their homes partially destroyed by three-inch artillery shells. While there's no serious injuries from the gunfire, several people were injured hurrying to their various posts. A radio announcer ran into an awning and suffered a gash over one eye. A police officer kicked in a window of a lighted Hollywood store and cut his right leg because he was turning out the lights. The toll among the air raid wardens was especially high, and later they said that they all acted with valor. One fell from a wall while looking into a lighted apartment and broke his leg. Another jumped a three-foot fence to reach a lighted house and sprained his ankle. And another one fell down his... Poor guy. <laughs> I laughed. He fell down his own stairs, rushing to get there, and broke his arm. I don't, I don't mean to laugh at you. I'm sorry. I wish I had your name. I would say I'm sorry to your name, but I don't. Three residents were actually killed in automobile accidents in car- of cars as they dashed wildly about in the blackout. And they say that two others died of heart attacks. Now, this is what bugs me about that. Every article I can find, every documentary I've watched, and I, you know I've watched a lot. Mm-hmm. I've read everything I can find. I've gone through every newspaper. Not one mentions the name of anyone who died. Really? And wouldn't they have said Joe Smith died in a car accident because the lights were out on Van Ness Street? And a Mrs. Clara Smith died in her apartment suffering a heart attack after the air ride sign runs. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, dealing with all this aftermath of trying to calm down well the, the newspapers public. certainly didn't try and calm down the public oh, well. the newspapers were trying to whip up a frenzy yeah the newspapers believe that there was something in the sky that night i don't believe that the news i don't think the newspapers believed it was an unidentified flying object but they i think the the newspapers were more than happy to you know gather the troops to say that the military was trying to hide something from them 
Yeah. And I and I I honestly I can't understand why I can't find. I mean, you know how I am. Like I just don't let things go, and I cannot find one name of one person who died that night. Yeah. And I I think that's strange. I even did like random searches on Ancestry with like. If you knew that your great great grandfather died because of the Battle of Los Angeles and it was so controversial and it was a big story, you would probably have it in a little blurb on your ancestry. I mean, I searched, I searched the shit out of it. I couldn't find anything. Yeah. I think that's really weird. And in a preview of hysteria that would soon accompany the Japanese interments, authorities also arrested 20 Japanese Americans for allegedly trying to signal the non-existent aircraft. Originally, people were excited in the immediate aftermath. The city had met its first taste of war with valor, or they thought they did. But that turned to embarrassment the next day when the Secretary of the Navy said that there was no air raid, that no any, and there were no enemy planes, and it was just a case of jitters. Like, people were mad. They were like, wait a minute, we had an air raid, a bunch of us saw something in the sky, you were shooting at something in the sky, we Americans, we turned off our lights, we did what you said, we sent our men out to shoot at it, and now you're telling us that nothing, that we're just a, big, a bunch of big babies that were scared of nothing? Yeah. Like, they were angry. And then it gets worse. They were actually, they were m- embarrassed, and then they just got pissed. The army was accused of shooting up an empty sky. A sheriff was particularly embarrassed because he had he had valiantly, or what he thought was valiantly, helped the FBI round, out, round up several Japanese nurserymen and gardeners who were supposedly caught in the act of signaling the enemy aviators. The Secretary of War tried to save face by saying that while there were no enemy aircraft, in the air, it was believed that 15 commercial planes flown by enemy agents had crossed the city. Though no one believed this, no one believed it. Most agreed with the secretary that it was better to be alert than to not be alert enough. Which I know, I guess. I can imagine that happening today, though. Like, people rushed out to protect their their homeland and their, and their families and then find out the next day that they're, like, just a bunch of people running, chickens running around with their heads cut off. There's yeah. nothing there. I find that hard to believe. I, yeah, especially with the report earlier. Well, and then the thing is, the next couple of days, the government and media outlets issued contradictory reports and became what was later known as the Battle of Los Angeles. Secretary of Navy Frank Knox dismissed the fire pay, firefight dismissed the firefight as a false alarm brought on by jittery nerves. But the Secretary of War, Henry Stinson, echoed the Army brass in saying that at least 15 planes had buzzed the city. He even advanced the theory that the Phantom Fighters might have been commercial aircraft operated by enemy agents, hoping to strike fear into the public. Why he would want to do that, I don't know. He later backpedaled his claims, but there's still a matter of thousands of military personnel and civilians who claimed to have seen aircraft in the skies over L.A. that night. According to an editorial in the New York Times, some eyewitnesses had spied a big floating object resembling a balloon. Did you look at the picture? Yeah, I, I did look at it, but I don't, again, like you said, I don't know. What it looked like before they did whatever they did to it? The one I'm looking at, I see all of the light beams po- pointed at one thing. Like, it's all pointing to one spot in the sky. And then in the sky, there's, like, a bunch of little... Dots. Dots, which is weird but like i would not if this is real i would not interpret that as different planes 15 different planes no but my question is is what were they all pointed at why if if nothing was there let's say nothing was there and that photo is doctored and they put like a floating airship in there because you can see the little airship right Mm, kind of it's just something is a little bit darker so if 
nothing was there, why are all the beams face pointing at the same thing? I mean, they all are, right? They are. Let but me see I it mean, again. I know, we're going to make everyone pull up their phone. If you're watching, if you're listening to this on your phone, you need to pull up. They're all pointed at the same thing. I know, but because I'm a skeptic and it's just my personality to be like, well, it's not what we think is something else. It's like, if you saw one beam of light point to something, you would move your other beam of light to it. And then everyone just followed. You know what I mean? Not necessarily that they're all looking at the same thing, but they saw one person. But they're supposed to be searching the skies. That's their job. The searchlight is supposed to be searching the skies. Why are they all pointed in the same direction? So New York, the New York Times went on to say that the more the whole incident of the early morning of February 25th in the Los Angeles district is examined, the article read, the more incredible it becomes. Kind of like how we're talking right now. Like how, come on, how did thousands of people hear or see? And that's what a lot of the witnesses said. It's not that they saw it, they heard it. Yeah, that's what makes it more believable to me is because there were so many things fired at the sky and they were hitting something people heard it hitting something and i think you talk about later how like properties were destroyed by oh yeah the da- like shrap- shrapnel the raining shrapnel that there is no it's not empty you don't by shooting an empty sky you don't get yeah how are they not just shooting at each other like what was i don't know like something was in the middle of it or were it like duds like the 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 artillery that they were three to seven pounds like it's this is artillery guns these are not bb guns these are gun guns Mm -hmm. that's three to seven pounds like did they find 1400 shell casings everywhere like what i don't i don't know it just seems so odd yeah and then here is the whole the other thing too is the japanese military later claimed it had never flown over any aircraft over our city during world war ii period so i mean I'm not saying that they were super trustworthy and telling us all the truth, but they claimed they were not here. Right. And so, okay, here's all the controversy. As the radar was read, this is the first thing. They saw an aircraft heading into the mainland from the ocean. From the ocean to the coast. And this movement was observed and confirmed by two separate radar installations. They were near each other. Okay. They both saw it. At 2 a.m., the Center Operations Board showed... An unidentified target 120 miles west of Los Angeles, well tracked by radar, was their notes. So they saw something. At 2.15 a.m., all anti-aircraft operations were put on green alert. Green for go, meaning they should be ready to fire, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were so absolutely they certain something. they saw something. Radar, tra- radar tracked the approaching target as it neared the coast. At 2.21 is when they, the blackout was ordered. At 2.26, the target was tracked within three miles of Los Angeles. So, so something was in the sky. Something in the sky, yeah, yeah, yeah. So some people say that it was a that it could have been a balloon, right? Okay, so the stories that we've read off so far is that people are crazy, and jittery, and jittery, and there was actually nothing. That there were fifteen commercial planes right. blown by enemies, right? Or what was the other one? Military planes. Military planes, Japanese military planes. Ufologists argue that a balloon, that it that it couldn't have been a balloon either. So people are saying that it was like a weather balloon. Okay. I think the weather balloon is 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 the dumbest, but maybe because I'm not educated enough about weather balloons, they shot at it for minutes. Some say up to twenty minutes with artillery and fifty caliber guns. How did a weather balloon survive that? But also, it didn't evaporate. There would be. 
remnants oh. of it. Right. Like if they if it blew up, if they hit it, yeah, yeah, they would have found it. Yeah. But then I was reading something. I was trying to. I say I'm not educated on weather balloons, but I was trying to read it. There are people that argue that it would have absorbed the shocks of shells hitting it at the distance that it was. But then people argue that the distance was only 9,000 feet. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. But I don't, wouldn't, if it was a weather, would they have picked up on their, would they have picked up on their radar? A weather balloon. Right. Like, would they have not known that there's weather balloons? Well, that's right. Yeah, that's what I think. Because I would think that anything in the skies during World War II, months after Pearl Harbor, everything would have to be registered that would go up in the sky. Especially something that would go up in the sky at 2 a.m. Right. That's, it's not... Seems fishy. It seems very fishy. Um, there's eyewitness accounts too. And I'm going to read this as if I was saying them because I'm, I just have them in quotes. We saw those lights all to the sky. We hear these guns, but we couldn't see what they were firing at. Another described being at headquarters at the main reservation at Fort MacArthur. I assumed there were planes in very tight formation. You could see the aircraft fire. You could see the tracers. Still no mention of planes, however. I remember counting six or eight. One man estimated the planes he counted. Well, noting that he couldn't tell if they had, were actually Japanese planes or not, I haven't the slightest idea. All they were were spots in the sky. One man who was there said that he was continually ordered to fire despite the fact that he couldn't actually see or observe any target. He states that there were, had been a misfire at one of the stations where one of the guns went off, and then he supposed everyone else just started firing. He thinks that the initial firing were not, was not intentional. That someone right, fired and, and then everybody jumped on and started firing. That's kind of the idea that I feel that I have about the beams, too. I say, I'm not going to buy it with the beams. I personally didn't see the planes, another man said. I talked to the Navy afterwards, but I was up here at the Korean Temple in the base ring of a caliber 50 gun. And an executive officer at Fort MacArthur, Lieutenant Colonel Snell, ordered me up here and said, fire. And I said, at what, sir? And he said, fire. And I hope he's not living and mad at me, but that's what happened. But there were no planes, and later on... There was a gun battery of the 203rd Coast Guard artillery, and they were fooling around, and one of their guns actually went off. So that's how it started. Everybody started firing. So there's two people that claim that it was an accident. Right. Others did claim, though, that they saw something, but the object, whatever it was, had been fairly indistinct. We all got out and watched it, one retired officer recalled. We saw something, but it was nothing definite. Something seemed to be circling slowly. I was standing next to one of my commanding officers, and he said, well, it doesn't look like an airplane to me. So these are military men discussing it. That's that saw something. I mean, but I get some it. saw something. Others didn't. Didn't. And we're just like, okay, they're firing. So I guess we're firing now. Yes, I agree with the firing, but you're still never going to convince me that radar didn't see something 120 miles off the coast of Los Angeles. No, I mean there are military men that are saying that they saw something. These are. Credible witnesses saying some that they saw something. Some are saying they saw something. Some are also saying they, they were didn't just told to fire and there was someone firing. So then they're like, okay, I guess we're firing at something now. Okay, well, another, in some accounts, the object was actually described looking like a, red, a large balloon. A lieutenant reported that he spotted 20 to 30 planes from the roof of a hotel in downtown Los Angeles flying at an estimated height of 20,000 feet and at 150 miles per hour. That's very specific. Three guards who were with him also saw a fleet of aircraft with their searchlights, and they said they could hear even the motors, but were unable to get a visual on any of them with their field glasses. A lieutenant in southeast Los Angeles reported seeing three planes in a V formation at approximately 9,000 feet. Another sergeant said he saw five planes with his naked eye 
flying at 30,000 feet. He said he, it appeared to be bombers flying first in a wedge formation before changing to a T formation. Now, that's the one thing that's consistent through this whole thing, is people who did think they saw planes saw them in a V formation. Right, but that's just general... Maybe that's just because of movies now and what I've seen, but I feel like that's just a general... The V formation? formation? ...when you're planning an attack. Well, you know, they're counting planes, too. Another lieutenant said his men... This is not just him. His men counted 14 planes flying high and slow. The lieutenant at the Douglas plant said that he first saw a single plane through his scope and also through his binoculars, his elevation finder showing the sole aircraft at 20,175 feet. He said this was followed a few minutes later by three more aircraft flying in a V formation. And then at 4.15, a captain at Harbor Defenses claimed to have seen two groupings of six planes each, while a colonel from Harbor Defenses said he saw a single group of three. A private from the 122nd reported he spotted five planes in a V formation and that he also witnessed a battery firing at them. All a V formation. I'm not as tripped out by that as you are. It says there still must be some assurance that their guns were locked on something. I mean, they don't don't random. These are these are military weapons. It's locked on something. It's not just shooting randomly. It's pointing at something and shooting. They're all pointing at something and shooting. Because the ammunition was soon flying fast and furious. And not all at once. It happened in scattering burst. Meaning the military locked on targets they seemed worthy of being fired upon several different times. These decisions to fire couldn't have been made lightly. They were firing over the heads of their own citizens. And of course, there would be fallout. Not just politically, but actual physical debris hurtling from the sky. Shortly after the guns started firing... The fallout came. Shrapnel could be heard crashing down all over the city. Then there were the shots that fell short, exploding halfway to their target, sending large and small chunks of metal back toward the earth at deadly speeds. These weren't enemy rounds or even destroyed bits of enemy wreckage, but our own U.S. anti-aircraft shells. Spectators who'd been standing in yards and on rooftops to see for themselves the cause of the alarm went running for shelter. Ambulances and tow truck and fire trucks howled through the blackout to traffic accidents all over town. Okay, I get it that... People freak out. I mean, people freak out today, right? I mean, look, anything that happens, a fire, and everyone's telling each other that they're getting evacuated, and and you're right there, and they're like, no one's getting evacuated. You know what I mean? Like, right. it spreads. People say things that aren't too, but there are, I, there are civilian and military eyewitnesses to something in the sky. And I'll always remember the one documentary I watched. It was a man. He was an older man now, but he was a small child when it happened, and he could hear the motors going overhead. He heard what he thought was a plane overhead. Right. And he's like, I was a kid. No one, like, I didn't think that later. I thought that at the time. I'm like, we're, we're getting bombed. Mm-hmm. So how did so many people visually and audibly experience something that night that never happened? Well, aren't. Is it military and stuff saying that it was enemy planes? Like, no one's saying it didn't happen, but... The no, they are absolutely is- saying that they're... No, they're saying that. And, and I can tell you exactly what they're saying. The next morning, the incident was front-page news all along the West Coast and eventually throughout the nation, but no one could give a satisfi- satisfactory explanation of what happened. The Los Angeles, annou- Los Angeles Times announced, Chile throng watches shells bursting in sky, along with an article full of a man-on-the-street accounts of all the drama. The paper also published the only known photograph of the incident, the one I told you to look at. It shows nine searchlight beams coming together on an object in, Col- in the Culver City sky. 
Fantastic blobs of light seem to dance around the searchlights in an apex of beams, and the Times article reported that these are made by the glow of bursting anti-aircraft shells. Speculation ran rampant as people tried to describe and ultimately argue that they what they had seen or not seen the night before. All were consumed with a confusion. How could they all see something and so few of them agree on what was seen? See what I said? That's what I said. Why was it seemingly invulnerable to the hundreds of shells that were fired upon? Like, why was not whatever it was fired upon hit? The earliest news reports echoed all the questions, but supplied none of the answers, and the military wasn't providing any answers either, and they only scoffed at reports from civilian observers who had said they saw 200 planes being spotted in the sky. Okay, 200, I get that, that's extreme. But these are military men I was reading accounts from. These are people that knew the distance from land to sky at 20,175 feet. These are not people that didn't know. And they're saying that they saw a plane at 20,000 feet. Some say they saw a plane. No, I know. I know that. But I'm saying that it's not just civilians and, you know, like, nutty people running around saying they saw something. These are actually military men saying that they saw stuff, too, and are willing to go on record and say that they saw it. Yes, but I'm also saying that there are military men that said that they didn't see anything. True. Um, The National Wire Service sent out reports that said anti-aircraft guns thundered over the metropolitan area early Wednesday for the first time in the war, but hours later... What they were shooting at remained a military secret. Another one said anti-aircraft guns fired round after round of ammunition and tracer bullets at an unidentified object, which moved slowly down the coast from Santa Barbara and disappeared south of Signal Hill. Another one said unidentified aircraft were reported over Los Angeles early today, causing heavy anti-aircraft firing from widely separated batteries in a five-hour blackout. Army officials continued to decline to comment, but speculation soon arose that the enemy blimp, whatever it might be, might have been a target all along. An enemy blimp. Just another thought, like weather balloon, military plane, commercial plane, whatever. This was based on the fact that the object took nearly 30 minutes to travel approximately 25 miles, much too slow for an airplane. But police departments in Long Beach, Huntington Park, and Inglewood had reported seeing planes overhead. In fact, the police had been so sure about the, what they saw that during the height of the firefight, while the entire city of Los Angeles was blacked out, they arrested a number of Japanese Americans. They were absolutely certain they saw it. Yeah. So you think just, they were whipped up into a frenzy too? No, it just seems like so much chaos, it's like hard for me to even follow. Well, in the newspapers didn't help. They, one of the... One of the headlines was a mystery raid. Two waves of planes swept over the city. Another one is LA area raided. Jap planes, Pearl, Santa Monica. Um, Los Angeles Times wrote, Army says alarm was real. Which I don't know why they said that. But finally the military started talking. All hoped that what they would say would put an end to the confusion and speculation. But the military turned out to be pretty confused themselves. The next day, on the February 26th, a seven-hour investigation at the 37th Brigade Headquarters revealed many conflicting reports. Now, this is what was in the Journal of the Searchlight Commander. Ready? Mm-hmm. At 2.43, the gun officer reported unidentified planes between Seal and Long Beach. At 3.06, a balloon carrying a red flare was reported over Santa Monica. Firing on it began at 3.07 on orders of the controller to destroy it. So they're stating it was a balloon. A total of 482 rounds were expended at the planes at the planes without visible result. So they're saying it was a balloon, but now they're saying it's planes? Like, I'm confused. I know. it's their, I'm reading directly from what their journal said. Okay. So at 328, Battery G reported 25 to 30 heavy bombers over the Douglas plant. So it went from planes 
to a balloon with a red light to now bombers. And this is from who again? This comes from the searchlight commander and the journal of the gun commander. Okay. The first people who spotted. Who picked it up on the radar, radar first. The first, yeah, there was two, but yes. Okay. Okay. Pieces At 3.28, Battery G reported 25 to 30 heavy bombers over the Douglas plant. At 3.33, 15 planes were seen flying over Artesia, and 581 rounds were expended on them before they passed out over the sea to Long Beach. At 3.55, Battery C and D fired 100 rounds at another balloon, now we're back to a balloon, over Santa Monica. Ten minutes later, Battery C, B, C, and D opened up again on another target over Long Beach and fired 246 rounds over the tar- before the target passed out to sea. At 4.03, Battery G reported 15 planes over the Douglas plant. And six minutes later, 15 more. At 4.13, the battery reported 15 planes right over the plant, but too high for their guns. At 4.55, it was reported that the Douglas plant at Long Beach had been bombed and suffered no hits. At 6.12, the Navy received reports of several planes shot down at 180th and Vermont Streets. And an anti-aircraft officer passed the news on to the gun commander. At 6.45, the gun commander put the AA on red alert, number one, as friendly Flights were scheduled to leave the area. See, they knew exactly what planes were supposed to be in the area. Mm-hmm. By 7.15, it was too light outside for the searchlights, and at 7.20, the Bobcat was lifted. So planes, bombers, balloons, back to planes, back to Something balloons. Something was bombed, not destroyed. Right. I mean, maybe someone who understands all that is not confusing, but to me, it's a lot of jumping around. Well, it's them just taking notes as the night goes on, right? Even the military couldn't decide between planes, balloons, or how many of each. There is even some debate over whether the whole thing had been a false alarm driven by overexcited imagination. Other newspapers published a number of reports about speculations of a cover-up. This is what got people riled up, not necessarily the thought that it was a UFO. I mean, you and I have already talked about it being a UFO, but it it was certainly not the first thing on their minds. Mm Mm-hmm. They believed that they were being, it was, Pearl Harbor was December. This all happened in February. So, I mean, there was only one full month between Pearl Harbor and this incident. Mm -hmm. So, UFOs were not the first thing on everyone's mind. They definitely thought that it it was a military cover-up for some reason. Right. And, And the military really didn't help it. They didn't, they didn't fix it. They didn't say that, the only thing they said was that it was, a jittery public and that just made people angry yeah no we saw something we heard something a representative leland of santa monica called for a congressional investigation he said none of the explanations so far have offered that have been offered remove the episode from the category of complete mystification this was either a practice raid or a raid to throw a scare into two million people or a mistaken identity raid or a raid to lay a political foundation to take Southern California's war industries. Despite the fact that rumors and conflicting reports had by this time gripped the entire nation, the Army's Western Defense Command continued to vaguely insist that Los Angeles's early morning blackout and anti-aircraft action were the result of an unidentified aircraft sighted over the Long Beach area. Nothing more and nothing less. So the Army Western Defense said it was an identified aircraft. They're not denying that there was an aircraft. The Navy's denying there's an aircraft, that anything happened, that it's just jittery nerves. So the Army's Western Defense Command said nothing more, nothing less. But then the Army General, John DeWitt, who was in charge of the defense in the area, made the, uh, tra- there was a transcribed telephone report to Washington on March 7th, 
We know that there are no Army planes, no Navy planes, no Coast Guard, and no civilian planes. We are still checking through Nevada and Arizona, but I'm certain nothing will be found. So Army Western Defense is saying... It was nothing registered to Americans, basically, right? Right. or civilian. He's saying nothing more, nothing less. That there was no planes over the area. The, uh, the other guy, Army General, is saying that there were no military planes. So one is saying there was nothing. The other one's saying that there were no military planes. And then after determining that there were no planes in the sky, that there were one to five, most probably three planes that appeared over the Beverly Hills at an elevation of 18,000 feet, flying very slowly. They were picked up by the searchlights and followed through to Long Beach and then to the sea. Now, I'm going to say this right now. First, he's saying there's no planes, and he's saying there is planes, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're all saying different things. But here's the thing. If they were planes, why were they not shot down by the anti-aircraft weapons? Right. They were not planes. They could not have been planes. They would have been shot down unless they were too high. But the targets were locked on something. In conclusion, they were saying different things. But then they said that the Army eventually stuck to one story and said that they all kind of came to the, the Army Defense and the Army General all came to the conclusion that there were three planes flying over Beverly Hills. But the Navy issued two separate statements on the same day. And they were both issued by the Secretary of Navy, a man named Knox. In one statement, they attributed the activity to a false alarm and jury nerves. But in another statement, and again, the same day, they by, the recon- same by the same person, they reconfirmed the presence of an unidentified plane over the Southland. So what so was what? it? Yeah. U.S. War Secretary Henry L. Stimson advanced two of his own personal theories on the mysterious craft, although it may come as a bit of a surprise that what he had to say fell in line with the public speculation. Either they were commercial planes operated by the enemy from secret fields in California or Mexico, or they were light planes launched from Japanese submarines. So, I mean, they're different statements from the Army, the Navy, the War Department. And so no one in the military will even breathe the word of a possible No, and, no, and they're, uh, no, they're not saying, they're, well, they are saying unidentified objects. They're just not saying unidentified flying. I don't know. But that doesn't mean unidentified They're not saying aliens. Space. No. Yeah. So they're all vastly different. The Army, the Navy, the War Department, all saying different things, all just causing more and more public debates. On February 26, the Los Angeles Times announced that considerable public excitement and confusion caused the alert as well as its spectacular official accompaniments, meaning the shooting of it, and demanded a careful explanation. Walter Wendell Wilkie, Wendell Wilkie, who was a one-time presidential candidate, speaking in Los Angeles, attempted to dissuade Californians from the belief that they had actually been under any kind of attack at all. He said he, based on his own experiences in England, when a real air raid begins, you won't have to argue about it, you'll just know. I agree with that. No, I do too. Yeah. Which, again, takes me back to the UFO part. Right. If the batteries were firing on real planes, some of them as low, we've said as low as 9,000 feet, how were they completely ineffective? Why did no American planes go up to engage them or even to identify them? Well, that's a good question. Why did American planes not go? I mean, like now they would scramble planes up there. When reviewing the incident a few years later, all the way in 1949, so what, seven years later, the United States Coast Artillery Association identified a meteorolo- meteorological balloon that was set up at 1 a.m. And that, it, in their words, started all the shooting. It was their conclusion that once the firing started, imagination created all kinds of targets in the sky and everyone joined in. 34 years later, in 1983, the U.S. Office of Air Force 
history repeated and summarized all the past explanations in their official line. The event was a case of war nerves triggered by lost weather balloons and exasperated by stray flares and shell burst from adjoining batteries. After the firing began, being able to see anything with certainty likely was difficult because of the smoke and the shell burst. I agree with that. But the reports of weather balloons being launched that night, whether one of them or a dozen of them, make little sense given that the military up and down the coast was on high alert. Like they were watching the skies. That was their job. That's what men's job were, to sit at those batteries and watch the skies. If a water, if a weather balloon was just launched accidentally, whether it was one or 200, they would have seen them. They would have seen it as a water balloon. This was picked up on radar 120 miles out to sea. That's completely different than a weather balloon. Yeah. And, and I do agree that after the firing was, after the firing started, it was probably difficult to see the original sighting. So if you, this is my viewpoint. If you look at all the different, like if you don't even take all the witnesses statements and you don't take all the shooting on all that in the fake picture, if it's a fake picture, just start with the 120 miles out in the ocean. Two different installations spotted the same thing that ended up causing all the other drama. But by spotting the same thing, they didn't know what it was, it was just something. So why couldn't it have been a weather balloon? Well, I think a weather balloon probably would have been shot down with 1,400 shells being shot at it. So yes. that, uh, to me, eliminates the weather balloon idea. Well, that's what I'm getting at, this whole thing. It eliminates everything. Anything me. would have been shot down. Because anything would have been shot down. Exactly. So either it really was nothing, or it was a UFO that's strong enough to handle that stuff and just z- zipped right back into space. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, as crazy as that sounds, it's almost crazier for me to think that something was in the sky that... Didn't get shot down. That they shot off, shot at over and over and over and over again, and there was no evidence of it on the ground. No, that's insane. It's yeah. just not possible. Yeah. And they do a reenactment every year. Especially, well, they just did one, a really big one last year, a reenactment of the raid, because it was the 75th anniversary. So um, where people will go there and they'll sound the air raid sirens and reenact people on the beach and what people did and the shooting of the... I think that's kind of cool. I kind of want to go to it. Yeah, that's cool. I don't... I read that they do it every year, but maybe they only do it like every like increments, like 75, 80. Yeah. yeah. Well, every anniversary, but I think big anniversaries, like they'll probably, maybe they'll do one for 80, but they reenact it and there are people that are still going that were small children at that time. Yeah. So people, I don't know. The I've, other thing that kind of blows my mind if we're on the track of it was a UFO is how has there not been another incident? Like, I mean... I know that people will have always said, like, oh, I saw this UFO ball, whatever. Like, are we just better at covering it up now? Or? Or does it not exist? Or, or it could be a combination of things. This is kind of my theory, is that maybe it was something that was not of this world. And the fact that it happened at a time when excitement and nerves were frayed, that's what caused the drama that it caused. Do you know what I'm saying? Like... Why, maybe that's why they didn't come back again. We shot at it. I don't know. I don't believe either. That's my whole thing. Like, I want to defend. I, I'm so, it's, it's a conflict because I don't necessarily believe that it could have been an UFO, but I'm not so quick to debunk it either because something was in the sky that night. They spotted on radar. People have eyewitness accounts of it. They're all different eyewitness accounts. But what I think could have happened was that there was something in the sky and Fazel nerves 
is what caused it to become what it became. Right. So maybe if that happened today, nerves wouldn't be as frazzled. But then we would have a million and a half cell phone videos of it. Yeah. Well, they didn't have that option back then. I don't know. The events of that night would be explained, denied, defended, and debated. But what did the people of Los Angeles see in that night sky? Was it nerves that caused imaginations to run wild, like the military would like you to believe? Or was it a military plane, a commercial plane, or even a weather balloon? Ufologists have speculated that the actual aerial targets of all those rounds of fire on that chaotic February evening were most likely extraterrestrial spaceships. 76 years later, no one really knows for sure what caused the infamous Battle of Los Angeles. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. Be sure to follow and comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. Visit our website at hauntinghistorypodcast.com for more information on each episode. Until next time, I'm Kat. And remember, the living are far scarier than any ghost. Ghost.